Bye. Short Bus Debate Club. It's a bus. Rolling. get on board. <laughs> Hello, I'm Darren Jolly. <laughs> it's time to get this short bus started. So let's roll and on with the show. Hi, this is Brian Courtney with Short Bus Debate Club. And uh, I know we've been on a little hiatus. Uh, the 4th of July happened. Um, it's hard, it's hard during summer times, some, summer sometimes. You yeah, know? it was hot sometimes. It was raining sometimes. Yeah, we, any excuse that you could possibly think of, we're going to just <laughs> throw them all out there. <laughs> we work. I worked a lot sometimes. So um, we are doing the second half. Well, not the second half, the and, second class. And this is class. also Darren Jolly, just for the record. Yeah, it's sorry. hard. It's hard to remember sometimes when you don't. You're not in a good rhythm when you haven't done it for a little while. I didn't do the intro, but you started talking, so I figured you were okay. Well, you introduced yourself. I gave you some time. You know, I thought you might recover, but no, it didn't happen. Okay. Um. So this is the, I guess, pop culture episode of the environmental shit, the green bubble. Um. The green economy, green energy, yeah, whatever. Um, so a lot of the movies that have to do with the environment and or green blank, we already talked about in the environmental stuff. So well, I'm not going to document definitely documentary stuff. Yeah. Um, but I was going to talk about some stuff that we didn't talk about that like tied to it in sort of strange ways because like gold they use a lot of gold and green energy and and communications too um so i was going to talk about deadwood um also because they use a lot of copper and hearst was in deadwood and he made a shit ton of money off copper so um I was also going to talk about that shitty Michael Bay movie, um, Six Underground. And it wasn't a shitty Michael Bay movie. It's Michael Bay is shit, and he made a movie called Six Underground. Yeah, I mean, he starts from a pretty pretty low spot to begin with. And yeah. if you'd like to talk about this at any point in time, Michael Bay, we'd more than, be more than happy to talk to you about how the one-dimensional fucking car-exploding you know, explosion after a car chase into another car chase where there's 17 other fucking explosions, and then you might have some fucking CGI with some Transformers or some stupid shit like that. And you know what? I'm not hating on the Transformers. I'm hating on the way the fucking Michael Bay fucking did the Transformers. Yeah, he's an asshole. Yeah. Um, but I was always poor, so I never had Transformers. I had GoBots. Is that the poor man's Transformer? Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> um... So, I went in a bunch of different directions, but we'll I'm sure, because yeah. um, you've got notes and shit. I don't, I don't have notes. Mm-hmm. Um, there was something else I wanted to talk about, and that is, has just maybe well, I should what, have what, taken notes. What, what, I think we'll probably get around to some of it. It'll pop back up in your head. Yeah, maybe. Um, oh, but I do want to mention, we've got a, a t-shirt available, and I'll put the link in the description <laughs> so that you guys can buy a t-shirt and support. 
short bus debate club. You you could show that you're on a short bus too. <laughs> Place to be. Um. So where do you want to start? I mean, you like I said, you've got notes. I don't have shit. Well, the only thing that I'd say, I mean, and we can go in whatever direction, but I mean, to just sort of like the the reason. So like, part of the reason why when I was thinking about uh, the the green energy stuff, like I said, I went, you know, went and and to kind of circle back to some of the stuff we did look at last time, like I I watched that uh, uh, Planet of the Humans documentary that's kind of where it like started from and then i was like well let me go back and look at what they were talking about in inconvenient truth you know and like one of the things that sort of was like that's in our face like part of when i think about the pop culture stuff it's it's sort of like the the subconscious disposition in relation to certain concepts that we we may i mean they're always in front of our face but maybe we we don't really think deeply enough at how pervasive they are in our, in our subconscious, right? And when I looked at uh, the, those two movies standing next to one another, like uh, there was this rhetorical argument that was made about, you know, oil and, and fossil fuels by the inconvenient truth people that were saying, you know, green energy, green energy, green energy. And then this environmentalist who made the film Planet of the Humans was like, uh, these presuppositions that were driving green energy when you look at the way the green, as we talked about ad nauseum in the last episode, when they were driving uh, the moves towards green energy, they weren't realizing how nasty those things were going to be in the long run as well. Um, so then we kind of got into the nuclear energy stuff. and But the fact is energy consumption in, in our society moves at an exponential rate like we have gone from you know having you know and we take for granted that there are places in the world that have very limited grids you know so but when you get to where you have electricity or you have the internet or these various different uh capabilities that come from energy production um, your life changes and you tend to reach out to that energy production posi position and want to continue to extract more so it just it, it, again like it's to say that it's an asymptote, I think, is like not sufficient enough. It's it's it, like it might be like exponential on exponential on exponential because of how the numbers keep going up. So in film and in TV shows, the concept of energy or the fantasy of having pure energy or clean energy or free limitless energy or when you look at science fiction, there are all these different components that are structured into like every science fiction you know iteration or fantasy iteration you know whether it's marvel star wars star trek you know um so many different i mean you go you go you go on and on and on forever the matrix you know all these different different places energy sort of lies at the center of a lot of what's happening so when i started to look at movies like i was looking at uh spaces where um like the fantasy of what's what's possible for for energy and energy production and creating a situation like if you're going to imagine the future like say for instance star trek like dilithium is what powers the the ships in the federation to be able to go uh, you know light speed more speed and all that shit um and 
it's taken for granted in a lot of the earlier Star Trek stuff, but as time goes on, like uh, dilithium production, getting access to lithium, dilithium in certain spaces. Yeah, they show them going to planets and trying to find it. Yeah, Star Trek, like Praxis, is like they talk about how, the, or, you know, the... Uh, um, or at least Next Generation did. Yeah, but the... So, yeah, yeah. So, like, the Klingons, like, in, in Star Trek VI, and, they, like, Praxis was their main uh, dilithium production. In the, in the new Discovery one, in the second... The third season, actually, um, it all hinges around. Uh, they end up a thousand years in the future, and uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> well, that was like three seasons, two two seasons ago. But uh, they end up a thousand years in the future, and this incident occurs where all the dilithium in ships blows up. So all these ships end up fucking blowing up. So there's like fucking no dilithium anywhere, and. Uh, it sort of like leads them in this uh, maze to where they find a huge dilithium location space, um, and they figure out why it was that they all blew up. And oh, okay, that's what I was going to ask. Was it because the dilithium started to break down, and you know, it, it's really weird. Like I, it, like I love Star Trek. I don't know that I can get on board with what happened. So there's this hyper emotive species. And uh, they end up crash, crashing in this sort of like nebula area where there's a planet that's sort of like in the outskirts of it. And uh, they can't get off this planet. And they send, you know, help us, get us out of here. And they're members of the Federation. And there is a child that's born on this planet that's part of these hyper, like, empathetic, super, you know, like, where um, what ends up happening is because he's born in this place where, like, dilithium is, like, reproducing at, like, crazy rates. Um, it becomes a part of his, like, it's in his bloodstream and shit like that. And uh, it's really, it's toxic in the area. So his family ends up all dying. His mom ends up dying. And when his mom dies, um, he goes crazy for a minute. And she, it's really weird. So in the crazy moment, like, it triggers this gigantic dilithium explosion throughout the throughout the universe, right, or throughout the solar system area, wherever they're at, however you fucking, uh, the quadrant, I guess that's the way that they talk about it a lot on Star, Star Trek, right, but, uh, um, and he, so, but nobody, nobody knows this, and this, his mom had created this space for him inside of there, where there was like a, what do they call it, the, um, uh, there was a barrier or something to where his thoughts couldn't get out and yeah. fuck everything up. Well, no, no, they they didn't know. Well, no, but happened. I mean the mom knew. No, but like, uh, uh, there's the spot on the uh, the Enterprise where they go to in the next generation where the, it's like their fantasy world place, the holodeck, right? So she creates this holodeck space where um, he can live and eat and exist, but it's this fantasy space where it keeps him calm. So I don't know whether or not she knew, or it's not clear whether or not she knew, you know, what his what what his capabilities were because of that empathy. But she created this space so that he would be contained, so that the ship that was on the outside of the ship wouldn't affect him or kill him, like in the same way that it killed everybody else there. So that barrier was there, and it created the fantasy world so that he could exist until somebody came and saved him. But he was fucking on there for like a hundred years. I mean, he was there by himself for a really long time. And then when they get down there, it's a mess trying to get him out there. But uh, the whole thing is about that that dilithium space. And there's some other stuff in Star Trek I'll talk talk. There's there's a guy that came into my post office the other day, and uh, um, if we end up doing a UFO episode at some point in time, uh, he turned me on to something that I had not looked at at all called uh, anti-gravitics. Are, are you familiar with this? Like there's there's this whole thing that it's based on the Area 51 stuff where they're 
the idea is, is that gravity is a source, like, I mean, you think about, like, uh, kinetic energy, you know, from, like, a waterfall, yeah. right? Like, so it's, like, the same idea as taking energy out of gravity, you know, and utilizing. It's another supposed to be, like, a clean energy thing. And there's all kinds of conspiracy theories about possibilities with regards to it and whatnot. But the Romulans use a singularity for their warp cores instead of using, like, a power source, like uh, dilithium. So I think on some level, by utilizing a singularity, they're trying to use that kind of concept of anti-gravitics as a way of like pushing their ships through, through space, which is another, like, is it real? Is it not real? You know, I mean, hoverboards, I mean, whatever, you know, so. But you understand what I'm so like, I was just looking at all those different caveats. No, I, I energy, gotcha. Energy I, goes, so. so, but you mentioned hoverboards just because we thought that they wouldn't exist and now they do no because they're that that's like rooted in the there's magnets but the magnets are related to sort of like anti-gravitics um concepts so oh. okay it's not just straight magnets there's 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 other things that are that are a part of that uh energy concept that's at the bottom of them somehow or another but nobody's really driving a fucking car you know with anti-gravitics you know no but that day is coming if you believe the new Total Recall. Did, did they do answer gravitics in that? I don't know. They had a lot of flying cars, though. Well, they did in uh, Blade Runner, too, but I don't remember them. No, they yeah. never called it that. <laughs> but the special effects in the new Total Recall were better than Blade Runner. Which Blade Runner? 2046. The real one. The, the real one? The, the second one is the real one. The second one was... The second fucking Blade Runner was a thousand times better than the remake of the fucking Total Recall, the original Total Recall. Oh, I don't like the Total Recall at all. I mean, the original with Arnold, but... Yeah, which is horrible fucking effects, but a much better movie. Yeah, but I don't like the new Blade Runner with fucking Ryan Gosling. I mean, it's okay, but... Dude, it's really philosophically interesting. I love the first one. I love the first one, too, but I mean... I, I think that there's some, but whatever. But in the the old Total Recall, you have the um, the alien right. reactor. And I was one. I was going to mention yeah. that too because you know I mean we're talking about running out of water and arable land and all of this stuff with with the mining and you know the pollution and Mars is a fucked up planet with no atmosphere, nobody can breathe, and they've found that weird alien, the remnants of that alien civilization, and the, the way you started it was you had to have three fingers, which I thought it was funny because at the end they, you know, push it in, kind of do like a Spock with the thumb. Well, you got to get, I mean, you don't have the good three fingers, so you right. got to jiggity-jag your fingers, you know? Um, but then, you know, Arnold and his, what did the slutty, slutty, sporty girl, whatever he Dem called her. Demure. Demure. <laughs> slutty demure. Sleep sleazy, I think was the word they used. You be honest. Sleazy. Demure. They're both suffocating because they went outside of the dome. And, you know, then all of a sudden, like 30 seconds later, their eyes pop back in their head and they yeah, can you, breathe. Yeah, if you're going to tell what you got to do, they're not just suffocating. Their eyes are fucking like an inch and a half out of their head. Right. 
because of the pressure. Stephanie fucking posted something like a year ago, like she she'd gotten sick and she wasn't feeling well, so she posted the picture of the fucking eyes popping out of her head, and I I sent her a, a copy of Total Recall and said I'm I'm sorry, I hope this will make you feel better. <laughs> she's a, she's a good horrible science fiction person. So. But all of those people in the dome were suffocating too because the guy the evil. Uh, what would you call him, dictator? I, I, it, it, like a dictator where there's only like 3,000 people? Well, he was a dictator. He was a, a corporation because he ran the mines and stuff. He's the same one that was in RoboCop, too. He was the same bad guy in RoboCop, wasn't he? Mm, I think so, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, so he had shut off their air in the... I don't yeah. know, the bad part of town where mm -hmm. the whorehouses and everything were yeah. in that three-titty girl was there. Yeah, the people who had been affected by the Mars. And all the mutants. Yeah, the mutants and, yeah. So we had shut down their their oxygen, and so they were all suffocating, too. And But they had started suffocating, like, way before Arnold and his slutty, demure they broke, girl. Did they break? Did, did, they get, did they break something and get expelled? Or did they... I can't remember how they got expelled from the... Because they had been shooting, and uh, so Michael Ironside shot a hole in the side of so the dome, the, the dome did and break. it yeah. sucked them uh -huh. all out. But Ironside died; his yeah. eyes popped fully out. Yeah, he yeah. didn't only his eyes didn't only pop half out because you know if your eyes only pop half out, as soon as it starts the, raining, yeah, yeah, you 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 get that nuclear reactor going that was created by the aliens, and the nuclear reactor goes like it heats the rods the rods you know let the core and then like within seconds you have atmosphere absolutely and, and then suddenly you can breathe it's very it's it's in in the annals of science fiction you know films definitely the most believable ending maybe ever dude it was awesome though Dude, for 1980s bad science fiction, like Arnold always had that going on i mean the running man was fucking good retarded fucking science fiction um, was there other ones that he did? Well, he did a whole shitload. I mean, he not necessarily science fiction, though. I he mean, did, like, but from fucking, like, 1983 with The Terminator. The ter of course, The Terminator, yeah. Um, through probably... Yeah, or, 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 iridium nuclear cells in The Terminator. Through probably 95, he was in just about every act. It was him, Bruce Willis, and fucking Sly. Those were the three guys that were in like every movie. Like if, if Bruce Willis is your best actor, you know you're 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 it's pretty fucking thin times, you know? Well, it's like the whole thing, dude. I mean, they keep hiring Michael Bay and it's because he's a fucking draw. It's not because he makes good movies. There was a So the movie Get Shorty and this doesn't have anything to do with yeah, we're in Tangent the City. Environment. We're in Tangent City ground right now. I get it. But Gene Hackman plays a producer, but he's been getting money from these guys that are kind of shady. They they sell coke. And he owes them like $200,000. But he doesn't have it cuz he went to Vegas and gambled it away. So he's like, "Well, I'll give you, you know, 20 points in my next movie, but you can't have a piece of this one." And um, dude says, I don't, I don't care which movie you put us in. 
take our 20 points and put it in this one. And he goes, no, you can't have it. You know, this is this is a good one. You can't have it. And he goes, <laughs> I don't care about your movies. I've seen better film on teeth. That is that is a Michael Bay. That's a Michael Bay comparison. movie. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I, I, I saw it. I, I saw the whole thing develop there. <laughs> But every everything that Michael Bay, you know, like if the best movie you've made is The Fucking Rock, you know, how in the name of Zeus's butthole, you know, do you produce such shitty movies? And that was a horrible fucking movie. No, well, dude, that's like the line that, I mean, there's two memorable lines in the movie, and that's the best line, you know, it's not a good thing. It's never a fucking good thing. No, Michael Bay sucks. Um... Yeah, whatever. So, I, since that? we're talking about Michael Bay, should uh -huh. I talk about oh, yeah, that? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, yeah, you should have just not even asked. That would have been a much cleaner segue. Well, I just wanted to make sure because we kind of were bouncing around we, there yeah, for we, a little bit. A I mean, time. I was talking about Get Shorty, for Christ's sakes. Um, we got a lot of time. So, Carrie, <laughs> what was the name of the Michael Bay movie again? Six Underground. And this it's is a, a Netflix. New, it's a new Netflix movie. Kind yeah, of I think it was. 2021 2022 i mean it's it, it's recent but it's one of those that they suggest 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 i ignore 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 and finally give in to the fucking peer pressure of netflix um you have no willpower well it's also because there's nothing but shit on so you might as well watch shit um so six underground is about this billionaire played by Ryan Reynolds, who puts a team of, I'm going to call them operatives, because, like, one's a CIA agent, which I don't quite understand because she's French. Um, one is... That's Michael Bay for you, though, right? Right. One is a doctor who's from Spain. Um, there's a dude who can do parkour who's from England. Which he probably should have been from France, because um, parkour is big there. Apparently, what is, what is parkour? that's the one where they fucking jump from building oh, to building. That's some weird shit, dude. It's kind of cool though. Some of the, some of that's crazy. Yeah. Um, kind of like the little guy from Ocean's Eleven. James Franco's brother, Dave, is in it at the beginning, and he's the driver, but he's not a very good driver because a forklift kills him. So they have to find a new operative to to fill his spot. But just in the opening fucking scene, I think like 25 cars died. I mean, they were flipping over things. They were doing all of this. And it was funny. It was kind of like the A-Team. So the A-Team, they used to fucking shoot guns all over and cars would blow up and everything. But nobody died. Well, this one... The bad people died, but none of the innocent bystanders that were all over the fucking side of the road, driving alongside the cars, there were people everywhere, and none of them died. They drove through a fucking museum, and nobody died, except the bad people, or Dave Franco. Um, so Dave Franco was a bad guy? Well, no, he was part of Ryan Reynolds' team. But he but, was the expendable part of Ryan Reynolds' team. Yeah, clearly. I mean, because uh, if you die in the opening scene, you've got to be expendable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for explaining that part. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. So 
the reason that I mentioned this movie, it was kind of a coincidence. Um, but the reason Ryan Reynolds was a billionaire is because he made all of his money off of magnets, specifically neodymium, neodymium, um, whatever the fucking rare earth element magnets are. So the the real ones, yeah. Yeah, well, that's the way he, according to the script, made <laughs> all of his money. So I thought it was kind of funny that. He's complaining about how shitty the world is, but he made all of his money off of fucking, you know, again, for every one ton of rare earth elements that are mined, 2,000 tons of fucking toxic waste are, are built. So this dude's a billionaire from, you know, creating these magnets, and he thinks the world is shit, and he's going to clean it up, which is why he puts these this team together. Um to go and kill bad people when in reality he should have just fucking eaten a bullet himself and maybe shot Michael Bay. I can't find a good uh, review of, no, of neodymium. Neodymium, neodymium, I've heard it called, um, dimium, but I, I don't know. It's one of those... Fucking weird, probably Latin. I didn't even look it up. I'm guessing it's Latin. Um, but yeah, so Six Underground, if you like... And, and I'm a fan of action movies. I like people getting shot. I like shit blowing up. But you want something a little... I mean, otherwise you would like Michael Bay. Right, there's got to be a certain... And, and don't get me wrong. I mean, I talked to you a couple of weeks ago and said we should do a show about the bullshit that they show in movies and TV shows that I think people think are fucking real, even though they're, they're just not. You, you were talking about the way that a person has their knife on their getup. Well, that was part of it, but silencers were part of it. The fucking blowing up thing, like in the movie, the hurt locker, you know, fucking what's his name who plays Hawkeye is walking away from that fucking bomb. Jeremy Renner. And it blows up. Mm -hmm. And he's, you know, 100, 150 feet away from it. And granted, he's got the bomb suit on, but he just kind of gets up and dusts himself off so, and walks away. A concussion like that would fucking rupture your fucking internal organs, dude. I, seriously. I mean, so, anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah. Movies are full of shit. All right, Neo I digress. Neo Neodymium. Neodymium. So, like earlier today, I was listening to something on uh, Breaking Points, and uh, Crystal made a reference to Bill McKibben, as if Bill McKibben is. Since we, you know, we talked, I talked about him a little bit in the yeah. last episode. Uh, he said. Uh, or she, like as if he was an appeal to authority in this 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 uh, comment on environmentalism and i said i just put a note in it and i said bill mckibben is hardly a solid appeal to authority example when critiquing environmental or energy, or energy policy because she's she's talking shit about obama um because this guy did an interview with obama yeah. there we go do it again Put 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 it down there. Come on, we can do a little we can do a little sound sound bite here. Maybe. 
I don't know where the fuck my speakers are underneath the laptop. I heard it. It came through. I don't think that's going to come out very good. No, let me. There we go. Much better. So, um, and this kid, he, he's like, he's like, you know, sometimes Democrats talk a, uh, talk a mean game about the direction they want to go when it comes to policy, you know, and he actually had this soundbite and he made Obama listen to it where Obama was talking about all of the increase in energy in energy production under his eight years as being president. And he's like, you guys all want to talk about how I didn't do anything for energy, but I was the one that increased energy production more than anybody. So he's sitting there talking about how his youngest daughter is 24 now, uh, came to him and said, my friends all think they're basically nihilists. Like, why, why the fuck should we give a fuck? You guys aren't doing anything. You, you all talk a mean game. It's told the fucking truth, you know? Yeah. And he's like, you know, even though we might pass that two-degree benchmark, you know, even if we it only goes to two and a half or three degrees, that might be two or three hundred million people that you're saving, you know? Which, one of those comments that makes me want to fucking take him and drown his fucking ass, you know? Or, yeah, yeah, just put him on one of those fucking islands that are yeah, being let, flooded because let, of all of the extra water. Let him be one of the fucking 200, 200 million people that fucking die as a result of it. But uh, um, the kid, really, he really pinned him down hard. And uh, um, then Crystal starts to talk shit about it and then uses Bill McKibben as an example of somebody who, you know, wouldn't be going along with it. And then I was like, I was like, come on, he's not the one. And this fucking jackass says in response to my thing, he drunk the nuclear Kool-Aid, right? As if in me, response in to response your thing. To my comment, and because oh, I, you yeah, commented yeah, on that. Uh, okay. I mean, like, if critiquing Bill McKibben's, you know, like sucking on the fucking green energy cock, means that I, you know, you know, and I, I, I like, I, you know, whatever, fucking, fucking dumb people. Are so well, dude, he really is. A green energy whore. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that is what he is. That is, yeah. And for billions of dollars, which is what I'm guessing he's getting, mm -hmm. he's sucking green cock all day long. Well, and you know Biomass what? green cock. Every, 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 yeah. every, every mining. Moment. I imagine the person that made the comment is probably sucking his green, Bill McKibben's green energy cock, you know? I mean. Just, so... Since you're talking about McKibben, mm -hmm. I, I want to talk about Planet of the Humans. I, okay. I didn't think I was going to like it. Uh -huh. um, I liked a lot of what they had to say. Um, it was at the, least important. The main reason I didn't think I was going to like it yeah. is because Michael Moore was involved. Mm -hmm. um, and the dude that actually was the narrator is Michael Moore's buddy. Mm -hmm. Whatever. It was informative. It, it was a quality movie, even though, and granted, I had done reports on it before. So a lot of the information I had already knew, mm -hmm. and it was kind of a repeat. The one thing that I absolutely fucking hated that made no sense to me at all is the end. I, I know it made sense because we're fucking stripping the land of everything, but those baboons or whatever the fuck they were walking around trying to find, yeah, you know, a tree or, yeah. yeah, it was orangutans, wasn't it? Yeah, it was orangutans. Yes, yes, it was. Um, yeah, now, you're, you're racist against orangutans. Dude. That, that was just 
a cop-out as far as I'm concerned. That is as bad as Flavor Flav wearing fucking sunglasses and a clock. It's a gimmick to make people say, oh, too bad. And believe me, dude, I fucking hate it. I hate that we're taking away their environment. I, did, I didn't take it exactly like that. No? No. I actually took it as what you're seeing happen to these orangutans right now, motherfuckers. This is you in 20 years. That's the way that I took it. It would have been more effective than if they would have had pictures of orangutans scratching their ass and fucking watching TikTok. Well, TikTok, when the film was made, TikTok wasn't, wasn't ex in existence yet, you know? Or if they had the orangutans lying on the ground and they put, like, the Short Bus Debate Club, like, president heads on the orangutans, right. that would have been fucking That would have been fucked up. But sometimes you need some dark humor like that, like the, the death humor, you know? Like, we're getting ready to die. Well, dude, I mean, seriously, we are getting ready to die. And I know that we're killing off fucking species left and right, or or coming real close to killing them, um, if not completely eradicating them. But it just, like I said, it just felt like it was, you know, throwing that in there. Yeah, I, I, I you know, sometimes, maybe sometimes, I'm not, I'm not making apologies for anything. Like those scenes were just nasty anyway, dude. Yeah. And and it is an a pure appeal to emotion, you know, and that, like. And part of the reason why, like, I wanted to sort of end where we ended up last time was we're not we're not trying to appeal to anybody's emotion. Like, the so what I said back to the guy, right? And it, 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 I I only just said one thing real quick, right? I said I said when identifying the weakness of one commentator's policy position is reducible to drinking the nuclear Kool Aid, it's clear that thought and dialogue are on life support, right? I mean, we don't need to appeal to emotion. We know we're fucked. Right. The only thing that's going to happen is for us to try to develop concrete solutions that minimize the fucking the death toll at this point in time. That's that's it. You know, I mean, Michael Schellenberger, you're still a douchebag. You know, you, you, you cannot. And again, like I told like I said last time, if you're if your argument is to move back to oil and fossil fuels because you're already using them as a stopgap, which is increasing you know, it's three times as much as you were using in the first place because you're trying to create a tr transition to something that's more reasonable. I'm down for that. That that but you are not that is definitely not the clear argument you're making. You're making an argument for capitalism moving things forward in an, in a world where as I've argued in several other episodes capitalism does not exist on a grand scale anymore. It only exists for us poor motherfuckers at the bottom of the fucking rung. So don't fucking talk to me about the free market fucking correcting these 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 solutions. The free market is what got green energy into a position to where we're financially committed to it in the same way that we're financially committed to oil and fossil fuels. We need to find a way to where the market isn't dictating energy development, energy policy. We need to create a survivor method of creating energy development and energy policy if we're going to have any shot at anything. Well, that's the thing, is that if these people would just fucking back off, like, they want to create new laws for every fucking thing. Yeah, regulations. But if they just backed off and said, you know what, we need to, to look at this in a bigger picture view. Um, right now, the way things are going, we have maybe 25 years left. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Maybe, yeah. 
and and that's just me yeah, yeah, speculating. We, yeah, yeah, we, we're not the scientists. No, nope, nobody has said twenty-five years. No. Actually, I've heard some scientists say less than that. Much, but much of the twelve-year thing was what they said during the last election cycle. But whatever. But so they say, let's say twenty-five years. Mm -hmm. So we need to come up with the fucking solution that can benefit us longer term. And when I say longer term, I mean longer than twenty-five years. Um, because right now everyone is working under the assumption that he who dies with the most toys wins. You can't take that fucking money with you, you dumb cocksuckers. If you drown, if you yeah, fucking every, suffocate. Everyone's, everyone's not operating with that assumption, but there is a tendency inside of the system. Bill yeah. McKibben and a lot of the energy yeah, guys all, are definitely. All, yeah, they're all, yeah, well, so that's what I'm, but I just said like. But they're not everyone. They're they're the everyones that have lots of toys. They're the ones that are driving the cogs. But yeah, that so that's yeah that that's the distinction that I'm that I'm trying to trying to make. Like and 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 like a lot of people down at the bottom have the fantasy that they're going to be, you know, in that cog driver. at some point in time, which is fucking dumb. Anyway, there can only be so many cog drivers. And if we all work yeah. for Spacely Sprocket, dude, <laughs> right. we make the cogs. Yeah, I am. Yes, I am. I am cogging. To be, to be sure. But that's why we're so preoccupied on all these different fucking movies and TV shows. But that's what's so interesting about it, too. So, like, in the sci-fi spaces like Star Wars, like fucking Star Trek, like, we're past that point where we've already created that energy space where it's happening and we're, like, living the fucking fantasy. Uh, in all these other spaces, you have, like, the development of these these things, like like in The Saint, right? You got, like, the, the cold fusion fantasy that fucking goes along right. in that one, which is... Uh, what 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 was the energy one in the the one that you were just talking the six under one or six? It wasn't energy. It was magnets Magnet. because of the neodymium. So what, what? Oh, that's just how he made all of his money. Yeah, basically. because basically, so these these magnets, and you know where I've got my laundry bags hung. Yes. From that beam. Yeah. That's a neodymium magnet. They're fucking strong as shit, dude. They're fucking. They're badass, but they're also, I didn't know when I bought it that it was fucking bad for the environment. Yeah. Otherwise, I would have just bought a plain old magnet. Yeah, even if you just go look at dictionary.com, like immediately it fucking says toxic this way, that way, this way, and that way. Like yeah. In the fucking second definition. So. so it's related to energy because of the fact that like the nuclear turbines are going to yeah, use them. The wind turbines are going to use them. Anything that has a turbine steam they need those magnets because that's hydro what, that's what helps to get them going and staying going and to create the energy or what it, it generates the electricity okay when you spin the magnets i think you've got to spin one one way and the other oh because it's like a generator at that point so. yeah okay i'm not very good at the science of this stuff I am, <laughs> i'm truly a sci-fi person when it comes down to it but so like but that's the thing though like it, again like total recall you have the, the alien fantasy in the future um, but like, uh, so, uh, Dan Brown, like angels and demons, right? This is just a goofy movie about the Vatican, right? Well, kind of, it's a movie about the Vatican that clashes because of course they like to have these antithetical positions in there. That was the one Dyro liked, I think, book, because I of like, the dark matter thing, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but there's, and there's this thing called the God particle in it, right? And yeah, the, it's it's being held in this space, and it's going to open. It's going to create a big because when man, matter and antimatter collide, then it fucking 
it, it creates a big problem, right? Um, and, and, and the movie's totally fucking hacky, but at the same time, it's about, like, a religious scientist that's at that fucking, like, accelerator place in Switzerland where... CERN. Yeah, yeah, CERN, yes, exactly, yeah, good, yeah, you're not bad. <laughs> and, uh, um... <laughs> Thank you. Again, for your approval. I'm here for you, you <laughs> fucking dickhead. But again, like it's the fantasy of like trying to create that fucking perfect energy position. Like we we want to. I mean, look at fucking Marvel. You know, like uh, everything in Marvel is about fucking energy. Iron Man with the arc reactor, the new element that Tony creates after he can't use the whatever the I can't remember what it was iridium whatever it is, catalyst, whatever it is, Black Panther, vibranium, right? Captain Marvel, like, is around this fucking nuclear explosion and becomes the energy lady. And how many different times they bring up the Tesseract and the capability of the Tesseract in it. I mean, everything in that little uh, close to the near future science fiction position is about this, this space, you know? Avatar, unobtainium, right? Fucking, the Matrix, they don't talk about, like, uh, so there's, I mean, solar was a part of what was happening, but the machines were dependent on solar, so we shot up the nuclear, allegedly we shot up the nuclear weapons to block out the, the, yeah. the sun from the sky, and instead of them depending on solar, they create the fields of humans, because we create many BTUs, and that's what the matrix is, and that's the whole fucking thing. I mean, energy, energy, every fucking where you turn, whether it's Marvel or the flux capacitor or whatever. Yeah, there's there's no way we can go without it. I mean, if you look at one of the pictures from space, um, you can see the cities that are lit up mm -hmm. that actually have, like, electricity, and you can see cities that are lit up that are using like wood or coal or or whatever um and it's like you know a huge fucking blip on the screen like say for new york city or whatever and then somewhere in south america it's this fucking tiny little orange dot um and that might not be a fire i don't know but it's definitely not a city yeah the energy is not the energy output is not well, I mean, those guys in Africa, they burn shitloads of fires because they steal the fucking oil from the pipeline and then process it themselves to make gas. So, I mean, that's a fucking catastrophe in and of itself. But, um, yeah, that's how a lot of them make their fucking money is making their own gas. So, I'm going to see if you can talk for three minutes about a TV show or a movie again right now because you keep making left turns to all these other places that have nothing to do with pop culture at all just people fucking dying just us fucking destroying ourselves Sorry. so you wanted you wanted to talk about uh deadwood why why do you want to talk about deadwood because well no i shouldn't talk about deadwood especially with the fucking prerequisite that you just put on I me didn't about know. It, not, it, it, I, it's about pop killing. culture yeah but so deadwood is is one of the greatest shows ever dairo told me that he thought that i liked it because they said cocksucker a lot and that's not true you got some that's one of the pluses Brian? no but i just cuss a lot so and 
when I worked with him, I used to call everybody a cocksucker, so he thought that that's why. Um, why does cocksucker have to be a derogatory term, though? Well, it's not. Like, I've called a couple of girls cocksuckers, and I'm... Yeah, that's not derogatory. Yeah, I gotta a say. A term of endearment. <laughs> I really like you, cocksuckers. <laughs> you're, you're so wonderful. You're a very good cocksucker. <laughs> And then I'd pat her on the head. Uh, um, you might you might get punched by someone from that. Not me, but I could see Janae smacking you for that one. Um, so Deadwood cocksucker. Deadwood was about mining in South Dakota. Deadwood, South Dakota specifically. You don't say. Well, initially they were mining gold. Um. I just remembered the other one I wanted to talk about. But they were mining gold. What was it? I'll remember. Just um, Justified. Okay. Um, you brought that up a week or so ago. Okay. Gold. And so they're mining gold, mining but Hearst was also involved in the show who was mining gold, but he had made a ton of money elsewhere mining other ores. Copper at the Anaconda Mine. Silver at Comstock. Those motherfuckers should have been killed. Um, yeah, dude, they. Yeah, a lot of people got fucked over. Yeah. Um. So, the reason that I mention those specifically with Hearst is because copper is used in all of the green energies that we talked about on the last episode, mm-hmm. um, and gold to some degree. The value of copper has gone up a ton over the course of the last several years, man. Because like, of everything that they... I mean, because even if we're not talking about green energy, it's still going it for, under the cell phones, computers. They use it for everything. It's going yeah. all throughout the house, and we've got to build a new fucking house every 10 years mm-hmm. because, oh, that's no good for me. I need to have another three rooms. Um, oh, that's no good for me. <laughs> You're very working class, and I really appreciate that. This house is too small. It's only got 2,000 square feet. You couldn't even, uh, you, you like, don't have, like, the bougie in you at all. Like, you just don't really have it there. No, not really. I suppose I can be kind of bougie, but not really. So, Deadwood. Yeah, so the reason I really wanted to talk about it, not only because it's a great show, but because of the gold thing. Um, well, no, see, that's us dying and stuff. Um, you can talk, I don't tell you you can't, I'm just telling you to talk about pop culture in the context of talking about all these energy and destruction things, motherfucker. I didn't so when you, when you mine for you. gold, the ore is generally embedded in other rocks, quartz specifically. Yeah. Um, but other rock, period. So, for the most part, especially these days, you don't find just a fucking chunk of gold. Um, So, they have these huge leach fields where it's this chemical process that is going to pull the gold out of the rock. Well, again, it's creating all of this fucking toxicity so that either we can have communications because of the conductivity of gold 
or shiny shit because everybody needs to have a big gold fucking necklace on. Um, so that's why I wanted to mention Deadwood. I don't need a girl with a gold necklace. I need a girl with a pearl necklace. <laughs> she wore a pearl necklace. Um, I didn't say anything about patting anybody on the head, motherfucker. So I didn't say anything about patting anybody on the head, cocksucker. So, <laughs> so for those of you that have not seen Deadwood, it does talk about mining in a, a great deal. Um, but it's it's a western. It's I think that my favorite one of the scene, greatest shows ever. My favorite scene is the Calamity Jane scene in season number two, which is also a cocksucker's scene. You mean the one where she was talking about the Finnish guy that brought her flowers and shit? And and, and asked if he's the one that asked if he could suck her suck her cock. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, it's devastating, <laughs> brutal. <laughs> She was a crazy, ugly chick, though. And both Seth Bullock and fucking Charlie Utter were like, huh? What, what was that? I can't hear. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's hysterical. And it's true to life for the most part. You know, there are some fake characters, but Seth Bullock is real. Charlie Utter's real. Calamity Jane, obviously. Wild Bill Hickok. Mm-hmm. Um, he dies in that. In, in one of them, doesn't he? Adams. Yeah, he dies in episode three or four of the first season. Oh, okay, so he's gone quick. Yeah. Because um, he wasn't there that long. Mm-hmm. The Earps ended up dropping by Deadwood. I still haven't been able to figure out if that's true historically or not. Because um, I get conflicting evidence. Um when I do my research, so I don't know for sure if the Earps were there, but they were real, regardless of whether or not they were in Deadwood. They were real. Um, Adams was real. So, it's a good show. And it talks about gold mining. And Hearst is is also real. It's tough, though, when you, you have these things that produce these awful things, but they also create all these, like wonderfully interesting random things that go along with them you know you mean the show the, the or circumstances just the of deadwood. entire yeah the circumstances of deadwood you know or i mean all these things in general well due to all of them i mean sutter's mill california probably wouldn't have boomed the way that it of did it we did. wouldn't have yeah. fucking stolen it from mexico if they hadn't found all that what, gold what was going to be the first capital of colorado colorado springs Oh, no, that was the first mint is where they had proposed it. Central City. Yeah. I mean, it, it drives everything. Like the movement of people west, it was all about gold and money, you know, and other other types of mining, you know, copper or whatever. Wherever yeah, everybody got I mean, like, like to the Anaconda line. So that was all. It just drove a lot of, it created a lot of wonderful stories that are, you know, Mostly mythologized, probably. In a Molly lot of Brown made all of her money in silver, mm-hmm. or her husband did. Yeah. Well, and lead, because they had a big place up in Leadville, which I guess, if we're talking about pop culture, then the only show I know where she showed up was that fucking stupid Titanic movie. Oh, you love the Titanic. You sit there and watch it. Never let go. 
That was the longest fucking bullshit I've ever, ever had to watch. You know, it's a movie where, like, I actually like the first half of it until they hit the fucking... And I don't give a fuck whether they die or not. It's just so fucking ridiculously melodramatic after that. And they do all the stupid shit on the side where, like, the 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 violent, you know, them playing the music the whole time because that was part of the mythology, you know? I've, I've seen it once. And, I have no But you know what idea. fucking happened on the Titanic. You've heard about the mythology of it, right? The fucking iceberg yeah. and sunk. Jesus Christ, dude. Like, you don't know anything. I mean, as much as you know about all of these very specific aspects of history, you don't have to watch the Titanic to know that there was, like... Dude, uh, I don't give a fuck about boats. We live in Colorado. That, that really... That, that's wonderful. That's I mean, great. from a historical perspective. You know, like pirates or anything like that, you know? I don't know shit about pirates yeah, either. Sure. Like, well, maybe some about pirates. See, you're but that's because pirates were gangsters. So then, then you like boats. It has nothing to do with where you're fucking located, motherfucker. And those were all a bunch of fucking rich-ass fucking moguls on the fucking Titanic. So those were gangsters, too. You just don't like those kind of gangsters. Maybe. I don't know. I just never really looked into it that much. I mean, Molly Brown, I thought she was cool. Um, I know where both of her houses are here. Um, but, yeah, I never read up about the Titanic. What's the mythology that you're giving me so much shit no, about? Just the, the, so, like, for instance, uh, they, these, these dudes kept playing the musicians. They, they played music the whole time. Like, they just kept playing music. So the boat's sinking. And they're playing music the whole fucking time. And they died. So, and in one one of the instances, uh, I have no fucking idea how I know this, but one of the instances, uh, because I hate it when fucking people are repressive cockbags, one of the guys that fucking drowned, the company that leased him his uh, uniform tried to go to the family and charge them for the loss of the uniform. No shit. Fuck that. Yeah, yeah, dude. No shit. <laughs> that that the, the, the they they like they need sent to go. the Pinkertons or something. So, yeah, what's trying to collect something? You know, I think these people were poor as fuck. I mean, their 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 dad was a fucking violinist on the fucking Titanic, so it's not like they were playing for the fucking New York Philharmonic or something. So, oh. and I'm pretty sure even if we were playing for the New York Philharmonic in 19, 1917, you probably were not. You know, I don't know for in. sure which would be worse because I do know that that water was cold because they had an iceberg. That's very that's that's some nice. So I don't know like whether or not if I was fucking playing the stand up bass, if I'd be like fuck this, I'm jumping, or if I'd say fuck just it, I'm playing. just gonna keep playing. I mean, if I'm going, I'm going down, doing what yeah, I love. But I'm, boom, 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 I don't boom, think that boom, they were. Boom, I think boom. they were mostly using bow stuff. I don't think there was a lot. Of, there was no jazz being played. There was no bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum. Okay. You might have, like, broken off and created your own band. You yeah. Know? I want to fucking play this The I'm fucked and I'm going to fucking <laughs> drown band. Um. So... We're coming up on an hour. Um, what else do you have? I got all kinds of shit. Yeah. I, can go, I can go on forever with this stuff. So um, something that I'll come to more in the second half, though, in some of these movies that I that – I, so one of my favorite, like, films of all time is Cloud Atlas. Like, I just think this is a really fucking cool movie. But, like, the movie itself 
is about a million different things that happen throughout like all these different moments in time that are kind of like weaving around and it's like these characters that are it's not like they're being reincarnated in a traditional sense but there is some sort of con concept of soul that's sort of like at the center of it right and they keep running into one another throughout time like Halle Berry has a has these characters and Tom Hanks has these characters and sometimes they're good and sometimes they're evil they're complicated right um but there's an instance where in the 1970s, Halle Berry is playing um, this, uh, she's a writer for some goofy ass fucking, uh, she's a beat writer for, uh, uh, I cannot remember the name of the stupid, uh, it's not really all that important, but it's a 1970s sort of like pop uh, magazine kind of, uh, Spyglass was the name of the uh, gossip paper. And she's writing a letter or uh, 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 an article. She meets this guy. Um, who tells her that there's some weird information that he has for her about this nuclear reactor out east. No, it's there in San Francisco. So it's, it's out west. Um, I think that probably on some level... Uh, it's west of San Francisco? No, it's out west. It's, it's, it's by San Francisco where the nuclear oh, reactor okay. is at. I, I think that they're sort of like thinly veiling some of the Three Mile Island stuff, though. Um, because... Uh, she meets this guy in an elevator, like the elevator, like somehow or another, this elevator stops. Um, she's trying to escape from this party where this like musician guy is trying to fuck her because she's a writer for this gossip magazine, right? And uh, the guy's like, I have some weird, that something happens to where he decides that he trusts her and he realizes that she's a writer. And he says, I have some information about this nuclear reactor and I need to get it out. Um, but I have to be really careful about how I do it. So he arranges a meeting with her where he's going to give her this report, right? And uh, he gets killed by uh, Hugo, one of Hugo Weaving's many characters in the film, uh, Bill Smoke, uh, who is sort of like the insidious character that's protecting the interests of oil and gas uh, interests in this film or in, the, in in this in this time period in the film and so Halle Berry goes and tries to find more information and she goes to the uh, reactor and gets a meeting with the guy who's the head of it uh, the guy who's the head of it is Hugh Grant um, his name is Lloyd Hooks uh, he's actually an oil and gas lobbyist so there's like this question how the fuck does an oil and gas lobbyist get to the head of a nuclear power plant right but uh of course like the point of the film isn't this like grand scheme or a theory about what's going on with this there's all these other things that are happening uh as as it moves in and out of all these various different plots um of course it it turns out that uh they're sabotaging the plan right uh because they want to make sure that u.s energy policy stays with oil and gas doesn't make a transition to nuclear and the way that the three mile island stuff went down and the way that it redirected everything to where all of u.s policy with regards to energy really really continued to focus on oil and gas coal and all that kind of shit um natural gas like we we it just sort of made me made, made me think about that but in the in the film itself they take this other parallel discussion where um, uh, this 
Korean actress. I, I don't know if it's Duna Bai or Bai Duna. I don't know which way her name goes uh, because they put it in weird directions sometimes. But she was also in Sensei. Um, she was in... Uh, was she the badass karate chick? Yeah, dude. Yeah, she's fucking awesome in that fucking show. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's like straight MMA fucking motherfuckers up, you know. There's a wonderful episode in the show called I Put My Money on the Skinny Bitch. I put smart, put the smart money on the skinny bitch, which is a wonderful name for it. And I know it's not really karate. That was just the term that I used. Yeah, whatever. I mean, no matter what, she she's awesome in it. But ultimately, um, she, so like in the future that she's in, it's a new soul, right? And it's way in the future. Uh, the ice caps have all melted. The seas are raising. Uh, they talk like briefly in, in it ha- about how in another 50 years, new soul will be underwater. Um, but in this world, there's pure born people, people that are born from a womb and people that are born from a, a test tube, right? People that are grown. And the people that are grown are part of an underclass. And that's kind of like Gattaca. Kind of. Yeah, but it's, it, but like worse, like, cause it's, it's so, ins- so like, when the people, all of these these people that are grown, like where she works at, she works in in this sort of commercial zone where uh, all of the women that work at this restaurant, they sleep there, they eat there, um, they're uh, taught this religion that teaches them, uh, like one of the com- commandments is honor thy consumer, you know, so like they're bred as an underclass and they're bred beautiful, they're there to to serve uh they're treated as servants and if they do what they're supposed to they go to this part where they they're sort of taught that they're going to go to this sort of like exaltation is what they call it this sort of heaven space and all they basically do is they take them into this room they put a cap on their head and the cap fucking is just like a cattle prod and and they take them, liquefy them, and uh, feed them to the next generation of people that are grown in test tubes. It's very similar to what they talk about in the Matrix. Yeah, yes, that's yes. what I was gonna say. You and I talked about this. There's, there's, I mean, there's no doubt that this concept has been something that's in the the Wachowski, Wachowskis. I don't know how they they say their name in their mind since they made the Matrix films. Uh, the the concept of these underclasses or a subservient class that exists for the sake of another class, right? Um, but that's sort of the point that that I was I was getting at in it. So you you have this whole energy concept with regards to the way that they're dealing with nuclear power in 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 the film, and about how uh, if there was going to be a space where you would have not a perfect source of energy, but a different source of energy and a source of energy that we need to at least look at scientifically. We need to at least think about scientifically and understand that like there are financial interests that will press us to not be able to look at that scientifically because they don't give a fuck whether this planet's gonna be here 25 years from now because they're gonna keep making all the fucking money they want and go suck Elon Musk's dick and fucking build their fucking spaceship and go to some fucking Mars or wherever it is they're gonna fucking go or maybe we'll just fucking all die and they don't give a fuck either way. But 
they don't want to look at any other possibilities. They don't want to look at scientific possibilities. They're not, they're not interested in science. They're not interested in truth. They're interested in making money. So that's, that's one concept of energy. And then there's this other concept of energy to where there's people that are being produced for the sake of other people's existence and enjoyment only. And uh, so like part of the story of, um, what the fuck do they call her? Somni, Somni. Here, I have, I have to, out of respect for the, the point of the film, I have to find her name. Uh, God damn it. Somni451. Um, because they have the name and then they have a number because that's all you are and you're just a replica of you know there's some number one there's some number two so on and so forth and they're all they all look like doing a bag you know and uh, they lead her through this space where this uh, this guy saves her and then he takes her to where it is that, she, that he's from which is like this underground space where there are some other Samis that have escaped and they're just prostitutes now um, but it's where this, the other people that are part of the lower class, not part of the consumer class. So there's the Sami, the Sami class, there's the people that live underground, and then there's the consumers, and then there's the, the people that rule it all, right? So it's, it's sort of like a, you could break it into sort of a four-tier system like that, right? And there's a revolutionary organization that develops in that, in the sewer areas where those people all live, where they're eating rats to fucking survive, and just not a very fucking happy happy space but ultimately where it ends up at is they're sort of leading her to where they because she they've never had one that has her like she she lived in this space where she was exposed to philosophy and she got into Solzhenitsyn and all these different things where she became very curious and excited about the possibility of the mind which people that are from the test tubes like her just they, they haven't had that space that's been created for them and they wanted her to like uh have an opportunity to sort of organically get to the point where she understood how the world that she was living in was being reproduced. So how the other, like particularly women that were like her, were being utilized. So um, they t he, he takes the, the, the guy who shows her all these different things, takes her to the general, the one that's the head of this sort of revolutionary organization. And uh, he says, she, 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 he says, we need someone like you to sort of like galvanize this. And she says, I'm not the one I don't have the, that's not, I don't have that in me. Right. And he said, he says, that's, that's okay. You know, I'm, I'm, I, it's not, I'm not here to convince you of anything. If you do it, you only do it because you feel like you have to do it because you want to do it. Right. But he says, I need you to, to see one thing before you make your mind up permanently. Right. And that was when they take her to the boat where uh, they take him to exaltation, they kill him. They turn them into the food and then they reproduce the other ones so she sees the full process of the, the full life cycle of all the other women who are like her and of course like after she sees that she's like fuck that shit she's like I, if i don't say anything then it's going to continue to perpetuate the system over and over and over again so i have to do something and the the resolution of the film uh she's talking to this individual and it's the same individual that was talking to Halle Berry. So it's the character that was with Halle Berry that ends up getting killed by Bill Smoke from earlier in the film. And he's the, uh, the person who takes down the actions of Somni 451 for the sake of posterity, for the sake of 
history so that the people that are in power know how it was and what it was that she was doing, what motivated her, because they want to create a more perfect system of domination, right? And uh, he says, why did you do what you do knowing that, because they had absolute technological power over, there's no way there was going to be a revolution that they were going to win. And she makes this very like wretched of the earth, France Fanoing kind of answer. And she said, I couldn't, I couldn't let it go without doing nothing. I know we know we couldn't win. So ultimately our act was a pure act of symbolism. You know, we knew, we knew that it wasn't, but I, but as a person of conscience, and once I knew what the reality was, like what I, how I had survived, how I was eating other women, you know, without knowing it, I had to say, fuck you. And I didn't give a fuck if I lived or died. I, I'd rather die on my feet than fucking live on my knees. So, um, at the end, he asks her, and it's cool, they have like this weird little conversation at the end, and he says one more question, because the, they come in, they're taking her so that they can go execute her at that point, and he sa she says, he says, how do you know everyone, no one, if anyone will ever believe what, what you say? And he says, he says, she says, I already know one person believes me. Because she knew when she was looking at him that he, whether you feel it or not, when you hear the truth, you know, and you really are a seeker of something, it's gonna be it's gonna be real, you know. So I mean, the the reason why I love the film is because it hits on all those different levels. You have it where it has those real energy questions, and then the energy for for the social. You know, I mean, the class system that exists in a very powerful and pervasive way, you know, and of course it's all metaphor, right, for, for our current moment, but, you know, it's it's a critique of current systems of power on every level as well, so. Yeah, they really do that movie. in pretty much all their movies. Yeah, yeah, and we'll talk about The Matrix more afterwards, because there's no doubt The Matrix is maybe one of the most important discussions that they ever had with regards to energy and energy as it relates to revolution so yeah well and just that one is just well we can wait and talk about it because we have time um yeah we definitely do and i and i rattled on there for about 20 minutes or 15 minutes but i know i kept thinking about fucking saying yeah or that sounds like or something but i thought now he's on a fucking roll i'm I had just to, I had gonna to get let him go. that one thank you i appreciate that um <laughs> Yeah, so that actually, your description, because I've never watched it. I mean, I think that that's one where you've really got to focus. And, like, too many times I've turned it on and I'm like, fuck this. I'm I'm done. I And I turn it off probably within the first 15, 20 it's minutes. Different, it's a different kind of narrative. It's a weird, it's a very oddly woven, like, it's. But I dude, like when they do good, they do really, really, really good. When they do poorly, I want to fucking put my head through a fucking window. You know I'm what a that, big fan of the Wachowskis. I do, I do, but like that stupid one with fucking, uh, with the the dude with the lichen ears and yeah, Juniper's. Yeah, ascending. ascending Jupiter, Jupiter ascending. Yeah, I mean, and that one had so much possibility, but they fucked up so fucking bad, so fucking bad. Yeah, they spent too much time with the weird characters like just showing off the the sci-fi portion you know oh well and then but the harvesting of planets and all that stuff again like they just they go back to that theme all the fucking time yeah well they probably i mean they're not wrong no 
No, they're good. They're good. They're, they and like I honestly, if I was going to teach undergraduates philosophy, I'd make them watch Matrix One, Two, and Three, and I would talk shit about why Quentin Tarantino's an idiot because he said Matrix One is good, Matrix Two and Matrix Three are shitty. If you really believe that, then you have a limitation to you have a limitation to your ability to think because the two is important for a different reason and three is important for another reason. And if you haven't read philosophy and Western philosophy then maybe you don't get it. Maybe you just don't get it. Quick. Well, it doesn't It doesn't matter. I mean, obviously the guys at the top feed off of everyone underneath them, but that's kind of the way it works. I mean, we all are fucking predators. We feed off of anyone, and it, it sucks. It but there's different, just pisses me off. There's different ways of relating that concept to... To social reproduction you can do that in different ways we can be what we are in different ways we can choose different things no i i get that dude i'm just saying that because well whatever yeah, it, it doesn't we'll come, matter we'll come back to <clears throat> the, the second the second half um yeah so fuck it we're coming up on an hour and 15 so let's end this one and then we'll come back for round two right. 7 roll short bus debate club at yahoo.com Part two, see you in the car. See you later. <laughs>